When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alex Stumpf, our baseball writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports, didn't do enough traveling apparently over the course of this past summer that he asked and received permission, rather easily I should add, to take a flight out to Phoenix and check out the Arizona Fall League and the prospects that the Pirates have participating out there. And that's got me in a kind of prospecty mood this morning. Good morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. When I think... Of the Altoona Cavalry, it's a term that the Pirates really don't use. It's one I kind of made up and in a derisive tone more than anything because I'm tired of waiting on it. But when I think of who those prospects are that need to make it to Pittsburgh in order for Ben Charrington to feel like it's safe to start greenlighting a more aggressive approach, I think mostly about pitchers because that's who they talk about. They talk about the Quinn Priesters and the Michael Burroughs and so forth. But I, I've been someone who all, all my life has thought first and foremost about offense when it comes to baseball. Maybe it's because I was a child whenever the Pirates had the lumber company and they were all about offense. Maybe it's because every time the Pirates have succeeded, and I'm talking about over 137 years, it's been principally based on offense. Riddle me this, who is the greatest Pirates pitcher of all time? Uh-huh. See what I mean? It's a tough, tough question. We can debate, guys, but no one's going to come to any kind of consensus. Why? It's my opinion that the Pirates have never had a truly, truly great pitcher. And Go check the Hall of Fame to see what I mean. It's the offensive guys that interest me. Always way more fun, right? And within that, the two prospects that might interest me the most both happen to be catchers. Henry Davis was a 1-1 in the draft. Hard not to get excited about a 1-1. Not to mention a 1-1 in almost everyone's eyes. This was not perceived as a reach by Charrington, Steve Sanders, Joe Delacari, and the staff. This was just the universally, ah, not near universally accepted best player in the land coming out of Louisville. He can hit. He's got an 80 grade arm. Uh, he's got enough athleticism to be able to play somewhere else, but he can also really hit. And that's, that's fun. And then there's Andy Rodriguez, who was, Something of an afterthought in a really complicated three-team trade. The Pirates had their eye on him while he was in the 
the Mets system and picked him up. And none of us really paid that much attention to him. He seemed like he was going to be a most, mostly a, a, a bat guy as opposed to a, a good defensive catcher. And he's turned out to be quite the bad guy and a pretty good defensive catcher. But man, what do you do if your top two hitting prospects are both catchers? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Wouldn't that just be the pirate's luck, right? To have a couple of kids who can really rake and who can play that position and who can handle pitching staffs and who are passionate about what they do, who can throw down to second base, who can establish a presence back there behind the plate, a franchise-type catcher. Remember everybody got all stoked about the Orioles when? Yeah, when Adley Rutschman came up. Everyone got all fired up about the Giants when? Yeah, when Buster Posey came along. Not every team has one. But it makes a difference. The Cubs with Wilson Contreras. Cubs had never done anything in a century. There, there's just a way of looking at having that guy behind the plate. And actually, not to compare this to World Series or whatever, but if you look back over the recent history of the Pirates, yeah, it was when Russell Martin came along. Uh, it, it, it just has a different feel. When you have someone back there who can do it, but two someones really isn't a need. No matter how you were to divide up uh, their at-bats or their play, um, if you had one of them DHing on the days that they didn't start, even that doesn't really work out because the wear and tear of the position is such that you actually do need the day off, day game following a night game, unless you're some kind of freak like Yadier Molina. And it's not conducive for a prospect's development to force him into fewer games just because there's another player there on the depth chart. You still want them getting X number of plate appearances, X number of innings caught, and so forth. So what do you do? Well, what do the Pirates do? I don't have this answer. I don't have this answer. I am very, very curious to see what it'll be because it's not one that they're about to give up now if they have it. But they need to see both of these guys, Davis and Rodriguez, continue to mature. Uh, they need to see Davis, obviously, you know, coming off the wrist injury that he had that cost him a lot of last season, uh, just stay healthy for a full year or close to a full year. They need to see Rodriguez show that the 2022 spike that stunned people in the baseball world to such an extent that he still hasn't cracked some rankings, the top five rankings within the organization, which is completely nuts. He was the best player at any level of the system last year. And you still don't see him making top five, in some cases, top 10. Completely nuts. Completely nuts. The good thing is, 
they both have, and I already mentioned this with Davis, enough athleticism to play somewhere else if needed. Uh, do you want to waste them at the positions that the Pirates would need, like, you know, first base? Probably not, especially not with Davis in particular having that 80-grade arm. Do you want to try them out in the outfield? Andy's done some of that, a fair amount of that, actually, over the past summer. Uh, Henry has been toyed with out there. I wouldn't call it any sort of extended experiment, but he's gotten a little bit of time and a few shags out there before games in the minors, but they don't have the answer. They can't stay both of them behind the plate. That would make absolutely no sense, and doubly so with bringing back Roberto Perez, as they're going to, from what I understand, to be the bridge catcher to get to them. Really neat circumstance. Potentially bodes well, but very much unformed. When we come back, J1Q. from Phil who asks, what evidence do we have that this front office is capable of improving this team via the free agency market? They hit on Jose Quintana and Tyler Anderson, but missed on Hembry, Marisnik, Tsutsugo, Cahill, Dyson, who all got contracts for more than a million. Uh, even Perez, I consider a failed signing because he was brought in here to be the starting catcher and was unable to fulfill that role. Well, you had me, Phil, until the last one. I mean, he ripped up his hamstring. Now, he is injury-prone, uh, or at least I guess a fairer way to word that is he's had some significant injuries. He's in his mid-30s. He's a catcher. So for him to rip up his hamstring as violently as he did last season doesn't reflect all well. So I guess to some extent your criticism is fair. The rest of these guys, once you start throwing in uh, the Hembrys and the, the the Cahills and so forth, you're getting into just, you know, trash relief. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I mean, but, you know, relievers are so fungible. Uh, relievers very rarely even have back-to-back good seasons. That's a statistical fact. You can look it up. It's amazing. Neil Huntington once told me about that. You can dig up every reliever out there and see that very rarely do they have back-to-back years in which they succeed. So one of the challenges, one of the countless challenges that you have as a GM, regardless of your payroll in the majors in signing bullpen guys, is you're almost (laughs) leaning toward guys who were bad last year. You know what I'm saying? Like you're looking for guys who, who, you know, can be more prone to a rebound than anything else. Uh, so the rest of these guys, you know, Marisnik, Yoshi was a little bit of a different situation coming as late as he did and looking like Babe Ruth for six weeks. I will say this. I believe that we have really no idea how good or bad Charrington is at this sort of thing. Because if you are in the constant state of bargain hunting, and he'll acknowledge that, he'll he'll openly say, hey, there's only so much 
we're going to put into this process, then are you really grading him on a, on a curve? And if you aren't, is that fair? I, I'd like to see the Pirates take an approach, and this is the one I've been espousing for a while now, where they circle one position on the diamond. This is something the Rays do, by the way, if anybody needs further validation for it. Circle one position and say, that right there, that's our black hole. And that's where we can have the biggest impact from minus to plus in terms of who we are as a baseball team. Now, I don't think anybody listening to this would argue that that position would be first base, right? Okay. So you look over the list of free agents. There's Josh Bell. There's a couple other guys. And you say, okay, what are we willing to pay here? Can we get into that? Um, And you can still look for a bargain, a relative bargain. Here again, that's something the Rays have done where they'll sign, like they signed Charlie Morton to a a one-year deal and paid him a gazillion dollars. They weren't on the hook for anything. They were able to bring their payroll up to at least some palatable level. And, you know, Charlie was great because Charlie's always great. Those are the kinds of things that you can look for. Somebody who's looking to um, maybe have a prove-it type of year who slumped. You know, Bell kind of fits that, certainly with how he swung after being traded from Washington to San Diego. That's the kind of thing. But to look at their free agency guys is to start citing Heath freaking Hembry. You know, no, <laughs> it's just I, I look, I'm, I'm pretty rough on Charrington on here at times on only when I feel that it's deserved. But man, this isn't it. This isn't it. I appreciate the question, Phil. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.